The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town Welcome to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk Radio Show. Thursday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. Alex Clancy solo in studio today. We do have a lot, lot, lot to talk about. Uh, we'll talk a little Charlie Strong. We haven't talked about him going uh, from Louisville to Texas Longhorns to take over the head coaching position there. The news out of all of the sports world today is Jay Gruden got hired by the Washington Redskins, the former offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll talk about that, see if that was a good hire or not. In my opinion, it was not, but I'll touch on that a little bit later. And uh, we'll talk some NBA. Uh, we'll talk who's going to go drafted where in the NFL draft with Johnny Menzel, declaring that he will be a member of the 2014 NFL draft class. And um, Kevin Love had some very interesting um, words to say after the loss to the Phoenix Suns on a buzzer beater by Gerald Green last night. Suns are rolling, so we'll touch on them a little bit too. Jay Gruden, uh, <laughs> this this seems like a Jerry Jones pick. Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones have been linked together as as being guys that run their franchises similarly. Uh, Dan Snyder looks for names more in the head coaching position than Jerry Jones does. Jerry Jones just looks for puppets to be able to uh, not fight back and, and run his system. Jay Gruden, this seems like a Jerry Jones pick in that regard, as I previously stated, because Jay Gruden has never been a head coach. He's been an offensive coordinator for three years, uh, but but he is elected into the Arena Football Hall of Fame, so at least he has that going for him, which is nice. I, I don't really understand this. I think that this was just another poor decision, poor, poor decision on Dan Snyder's part. Dan Snyder's been known for overpaying players after after their prime uh, and then treating them poorly, letting them go. I mean, Albert Hainsworth was one that stuck, that stuck out, getting a huge $100 million contract, and I don't even think he played uh, half a season there. And that was partially Mike Shanahan because Mike Shanahan didn't like his work ethic. He came into, came into camp overweight, blah, blah, blah. He got paid a lot of money to not play a game. Um... With Mike Shanahan getting fired, I believe that Dan Snyder did this in an effort to to combat the combative nature of Mike Shanahan and just ha- have a yes man, first year head coach, uh, just kind of take the reins and 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 hope it goes well. I mean, I mean, I'm not really sure. I do think that this gives the keys to the castle to Robert Griffin III, which is never a good idea in my opinion, especially for a young quarterback, pretty much unproven, flash in the pan, first year. 10-6, and six, win the division, uh, gets injured, and then that was pretty much all they wrote. I mean, he, he did he did have a good year this year for all things being considered with his injury. He put up pretty good passing numbers. 
I do believe that Jay Gruden got hired because of the progression of Andy Dalton in Cincinnati over the three years that John that, that Jay Gruden was a, was the offensive coordinator there. Uh, I believe they went f- they went from 18th to 12th to sixth in points per game with regards to NFL rank, and they had the 10th ranked offense in total yards in 2013. So I understand that. I, I mean, I get that that the allure you can't have John, so you get Jay. Uh, John Gruden, obviously, his brother, uh, who's won a Super Bowl and, and who is uh, now in the booth Monday Night Football. But you go from a pocket-passing quarterback, true pocket passer, to a guy that really hasn't figured out what he is. You know, I mean, he's he, he definitely was a read option guy when the read option was the fad last year, and, and it, it, it got him injured, and he was upset that they weren't running the read option in the red zone like they did the year before, which which yielded him to have lesser numbers and didn't let him get in the end zone as much. RG three is who I'm speaking of. So obviously that miffed him. They didn't really have a presence in the red zone. The Redskins this past year, due to the lack of the read option uh, scheme, and I'm not sure how it's going to translate from a pocket-passing offensive coordinator to RG3. I'm just not sure. Mike Shanahan out, that's fine. I, I kind of look at this as a USC situation when they hired Lane Kiffin when all the sanctions were coming down in a sense that Jay Gruden's going to be the scapegoat, and I don't think there's any way that he's going to succeed there. Unfortunately, it's kind of a pessimistic point of view, but... Uh, realistic, in in my opinion. If they were going to fire anybody or bring anybody else in, it should have been Jim Haslett, their defensive coordinator. They had an, an abysmal defense last year, which put even more pressure on the hobbled RG3 to perform and not make any mistakes. Uh, Raheem, Raheem Moore, I believe, is the is the uh, is a defensive coach there, and he might be brought up to be the defensive coordinator under Jay Gruden. And that all of that stuff hasn't really gotten ironed out yet because he was just hired today. I'm just, uh, it, it feels weird. It feels like th- this was a forced move. They, I mean, even if they brought in Wade Phillips, they, I mean, bring in somebody that has that has NFL head coaching experience, especially in Washington, when there's there's such a microscope under the offense. First of all. And the and just the organization as a whole with with what Dan Dan Snyder's done. Six head, this is the sixth head coach in fifteen years. None of them has lasted more than four years. So, uh, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess in Washington. One thing I'm I'm curious about though is. What they're gonna, what 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 Jay Gruden is gonna do to take them in the right direction? I mean, any direction is the right direction after this year. I mean, they were just awful. They were awful. I don't know if this will lend to Kirk Cousins maybe being put in the quarterback conversation because he's obviously a Jay Gruden style quarterback. You know, he's consistent. Again, he's a pocket passer. He can read coverages better than RG three can. He was a four-year, uh, three-year starter, I believe, at uh, at Michigan State. I just don't know. It's 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 awful over there. They need to do something, and they don't get a draft pick this year. They don't get a first-round draft pick this year, which 
puts even more salt on the wound. So they need to kind of find a fire from within and, and, and move forward. I think Alfred Morris needs to be even more of a, of a focal point in the offense next year. Just some, just a foundation, a foundation to move forward. They have a top 10 receiver in Pierre Garcon, and he's had, I think he had the most targets in the NFL last year, which is a good and bad thing because they probably don't, they don't have much other help there besides him. Uh, if RG3 is healthy when he comes back, I mean, they'll, they'll win more games than they did last year, which may make Jay Gruden look better. I'm not sure. I just know that at this point, the puppeteer of Dan Snyder definitely got who he wanted for him to be able to even be more hands-on, be even more hands-on with the team. I'm not sure how much help John will, will be to Jay. I mean, I'm sure he'll give him some some pointers, and I'm sure he'll he'll help him a little bit, but I feel like John Gruden wants to stay hands-off here. I mean, he, he wants to stay hands-off. So, I mean, it, it'll, it'll definitely, definitely be one of the most captivating storylines in the 2014 season. And, uh... We'll see. Well, I mean, I, I, I have a feeling that Jim Haslett will be gone. I really don't think that that he that that he'll bring anything new to the table. I mean, they had a, they had just an awful defense. They had just an awful defense. But uh, bright sides, Jay Gruden once again, he improved the uh, the Bengals scoring ability three years in a row. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that had to do with. The defense, because the defense had several, several defensive touchdowns this year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Andy Dalton still he still fizzles in the playoffs, and that's that's why you have guys to, that you can trust so they can perform in the playoffs. They averaged eleven points in their three playoff losses since Andy Dalton's become the quarterback. So Washington has a has a far road to become relevant again and relevant in a positive light, I should say. So I just don't know. I just don't know. Yikes. Well, Dan Snyder got what he wanted and that's what he gets. So he's got to live with it at this point. And if they go two and 14 next year, I wonder if they'll just kick him out right away. I don't know. Now keys to success. Let's talk a little bit positively. Key success for them is, number one, getting RG3 healthy, as I said, running Alfred Morris more, and he ran a lot last year. Run him more. Develop a tight end. I mean, Fred Davis is getting older. He's a great blocking tight end. Logan Paulson showed showed glimpses last year, He's but he's even more so blocking tight end. He caught a couple touchdown passes towards the end of the year when they were irrelevant. And get that defense ready, and who knows? I mean, the the, the division is, isn't isn't a great one, but Philly and Dallas are eons better than Washington, and the Giants aren't going to have as bad of a year as they did last year. They'll shake some stuff up, and they'll be towards the top again. I, I truly believe that. So. We will see what happens. Uh, let's move over to another one. Charlie Strong gets hired as the Texas Longhorns head coach, coming over from Louisville, where he did really well. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what the what the questioning is about. I know he's not a huge name, but 
every coach isn't a huge name until they become a huge name. So in the last two years, twenty three and three, but that's pretty good. Won both their bowl, won both their bowl games. Granted, the competition wasn't great, and yes, they had Teddy Bridgewater. But I mean, you have to win football games. You know, you can't just be a slub. Schlub? Schlub. So he comes over to Texas. He probably, what, was their fourth, fifth choice? Um, but the Big 12 isn't what they used to be. Isn't what it used to be. Take away, you know, Oklahoma and Baylor. They're not much. Oklahoma State, you know, they're fine. But it, it, you know, it's definitely not what it used to be when all of the teams were good, including Texas. I, I do believe, and, and this is this is somewhat controversial. I mean, I wonder if if he was white, if it would be such a big deal. I mean, I'm talking primarily with the boosters and and the tradition of Texas football. I'm not sure, and I'm not, I'm not. This is just projection. It, I'm not saying that this is what people think. I'm just curious. I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring somebody that. Is with Texas standards unproven, which is ridiculous, because Mac Brown Mac Brown's been unproven for the better part of a decade. So twenty three and three over the last two years. I think this is fantastic for Texas. You need somebody that is relevant, but also isn't just going to be a, a ringleader. You know, a name. Is over. It, it's it's overvalued now. Bringing John Gruden, in, he hasn't coached in a long time. You know, bringing an NFL guy in th- that will just bring so much added attention that that's unnecessary. Texas needs to rebuild, and this is a great first step for them doing that. And you can see that with Louisville, they're you're one player away from being a top ten team. Without Teddy Bridgewater, we won't even know who Charlie Strong is. And it, it's been mentioned over and over and over again that Pete Carroll was USC's sixth, fifth or sixth choice. And, and look how good that did. And then that boosted them back up to how, uh, to supreme relevancy, great recruiting. You know, so sometimes you take a chance on a guy and, and it works out. Uh, we got to take a break. Call me last of Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. I'll finish this Teddy Bridgewater talk. We'll get into Jameis Winston. As I said on Tuesday, the civil suit is upon us. And uh, I'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy, Call me last of Sports Talk. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. 
The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio all by myself. I do believe I have the man, the myth on the line. Kwame Lasseter, are you there? Kwame? Hello? All right. Uh, I think Kwame's there. Yeah. Oh, hi. Well, nice of you to join us. How's it going? Mm-hmm. How was the uh, How was the training? Going pretty good. Not too bad. A couple guys, uh, good talent. Cool. For those of you who don't know, Kwame's bringing in guys that are uh, that are uh, that have entered the draft. Is that right? Yeah, collegiate guys. Most of these guys are seniors, though. Um, I don't have any juniors yet, uh, but you know, some stuff's still going on. Just got started. They'll be coming in and out as time goes on. Nice. Okay, so we were talking about, or I was talking about, Charlie Strong hire. Um, what do you think? I, and I was just saying pretty much that, you know, it, it takes one stud guy to come to your school to change the whole thought process of you as a coach. I mean, look, I mean, 23 and 3 with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater. I mean, I understand he was there uh, three years ago, and I think they won a bowl game, but it wasn't, it wasn't as, uh, as potent as, uh, oh, they lost the bowl game in 2011. Um, in Louisville, do you think that he'll do well in Texas, number one? And do you think that he has the pedigree to bring top-tier guys to Texas to play for him? Uh, absolutely, I think he does. When he um, He's put his resume down very well at Louisville. Uh, having those type of caliber guys that you mentioned, uh, winning uh, winning program while he was there, I think he'd do well as far as getting recruits because he's a disciplinary guy. Uh, that for, that feels well for the parents and where they want their kids to go. He's uh, no nonsense. One of the things I do like about him is he's not in the spotlight as most coaches are. Uh, you know, he he reclined, he declines a lot of interviews. And he just do what he his job description uh, tells have having him doing, and and that's about it. Uh, so I like that that he's not in the spotlight as much as most of those coaches are. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just like I'd rather be the guy that's to do my job and keep it moving as long as we're winning because uh, I know how fast the media turns on on um, people. Uh, I've been part of uh, the media turning on you, and I'm also in the media, so I can see how both sides of the coin can be looked at, where it's uh, what kind of guy do you want for the University of Texas. I don't think recruiting would be a problem out there because it, just the University of Texas alone recruits itself. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true, and uh, and I do want to switch really quick. Uh, I was going to talk about this next. Louisville hires back Bobby Petrino. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bobby Petrino 
was fired because uh, he got in a motorcycle accident with uh, a woman that uh, was his mistress, apparently, and it was uh, a Razorback volleyball player. He got fired uh, by Arkansas in 2012. What in God's green earth? I don't understand why they even fire these coaches because you're going to lose a fantastic head coach if you let him go. Suspend him, but don't let him go sign anywhere else because he went. He left Louisville pretty much overnight to go uh, coach the Falcons, and then he left the Falcons pretty much overnight to go to Arkansas. So you know this guy has a track record of being kind of shady, and then he sleeps with a, a, a volleyball player at, at or a former volleyball player at uh, Arkansas, and then they're like, okay, well, you'll never coach again. That was 2012. He goes to what Western Kentucky and coaches for a year, and then now he's back in a top school. And I, I don't understand why why uh, universities won't just suspend him and not let them sign anywhere else. Put this, especially in his contract, you can't go anywhere else. And what they did, uh, Western Kentucky said, hey, if you leave... You, he, he had a base salary of 850000 last year, and it include, included a clause where he must repay the school $1.2 million in six installments, and wherever he goes and coaches, he has to do a home-and-home home with Western Kentucky. So Western Kentucky knew what they were doing because they knew he would leave right when he got another opportunity. So the question I'm asking you with all that information is, why would you not just suspend him and allow him to stay at your school because he's going to go coach another top school. Well, you, you know what? That's a good question. But when, they, when, when all that went down with him at Arkansas, the first thing we said was uh, he didn't get another job. Even as the, the immoral part that he did and he lied and said he was on his bike alone, and then we found out he was on a with, on a bike with an intern that he hired. Um, I, I see where you're coming from, but what message do you send the kids? See. My, my thing is, you can pay a coach millions of dollars for the things he do, and they all and, and most times they're bad. Let's just talk about the bad things that they do. You pay them a million dollars to come play somewhere else, to sign somewhere else. As soon as a kid does what he does, he loses contract, he loses scholarship, and you know maybe he could go to another school, and it, but it's not as a established school that he was there, like a Division One school. So maybe he could go to a Division Three school or, or a junior college or somewhere else. But these head coaches are getting great head coaching jobs again. Uh, so what what message are you sending your kids when you allow the coaches to come back after that? No, I, I mean, no, I get that. But it's also what are you saying about the about the universities? They're taking this guy in afterwards. You're saying, oh no, right. well, yeah, well, but that's like so. There's no such thing as damaged goods when it comes to coaches, but it does. It, there is such thing as damaged goods when it comes to players. No, it's, it's it's all about winning. Uh, some players get in trouble, and and you wonder why how this guy did not get kicked off the team when somebody else did the same thing and got kicked off the team. It's all double standards depending on who you are. But the universities, uh, like when you mentioned uh, Strong over at the University of Texas, I don't want I don't want to be able to get a coach that everybody in the country can get. Um, or, or if I can't entice this guy to leave his his university, when you talk about Petrino leaving. Um, leaving Arkansas or leaving Western Kentucky, well, he has to pay back the installment. Kentucky, Western Kentucky is a win. This is a win for that university, the way they've they made that contract out to be. But the, the University of um, well, Louisville is going to have to pay that out. It's not going to come out of his pocket. Yeah. Because if you want to you have to pay his, his salary to where he is already. Uh, but it, it's, it's, all, 
to me, it's all nonsense. It's a double standard depending on who you are. No, absolutely. And and he did coach at Louisville before, I think from 2003 to 2006. And they did well. Obviously, got him a, a head coaching job in, in the NFL. Uh, so, I, you know. He's the same guy. He's the same guy that left in the middle of the night that left his team yep. stranded in Atlanta. Yeah. And that was that was after right. And for those of you who don't remember, that was exactly during the time when Michael Vick was either on trial or was taken to jail for the dogfighting ring that he was supposedly uh, heading or, or whatnot. I know you'll have some other things to say about that, but um, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting because people now every, everything's forgotten. Now everything is as if nothing ever happened because they're going to be a top 25 team next year, even though Teddy Bridgewater is going to be gone. He's going to get great recruits there. I mean, when he was with Arkansas, they were really good. And then, and then they dropped off but after, after he got fired. But they um, – Oh, he's a, he's a good coach. Yeah. Uh, and you just not going to find a lot of those coaches out there. And, and Louisville made it mention if they ever got a chance to hire him again, they would. Of course. So, and there you go. And you got your man. Okay, that was their opportunity to do so. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, it just seems so. I mean, it, it's not shocking. I mean, after all the stuff we've talked about with the head coaches getting paid all this money and players not yet, which I'm sure at some point will change. There's so much. It, it's it's what can you do to make your football team the best team around? And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you get there. You just have to get there. And I mean, they they want. He's two and two in bowl games. Uh, they finished uh, fifth and sixth in 2004 and 2006 after their bowl wins. So, you know that that's all they remember at Louisville was how good he was when he was there. And if he had a, he, if he had some infidelity, doesn't really affect them. So, I just don't. Why why even be a good person? Why not dirty recruit? Why not do all these things? You'll get a coaching job somewhere else. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the, the ethical part about it is what you're having an uh, issue with, and, I, and rightfully so. Um, again, it goes back to the business that they're in, which is, doesn't make it right or wrong. It doesn't make it right, I should say. But these guys these guys get handed jobs because they can actually coach. Um, but do you, who, when do you give somebody another chance? When do you stay competitive in this billion-dollar business? Um, I, I, I thought, I believe in second chances, but... That's when you come out and tell the truth after you've made a mistake. Not when you're lying on top of the lies and, and still trying to deceive the program or the patient and still looking for a way to save yourself. If you did what you, you know, come out and say you did what you did and let that be done. Now, it goes back to business as usual. How do these guys get the job? Well, you let time take care of that. Time takes care of everything. Yeah. If you took all forget about it, then, yeah, well, we could bring them back, and that will only be an issue for one interview, and then you can tell somebody in that interview, this is the last time I'm going to be talking about this. Uh, and and then, you, then you move forward with the business as usual and winning football games, which he does a, a good job at. Yeah, I mean, and he did have he did have Ryan Mallett, who's one of my favorite college quarterbacks in recent history. He had Ryan Mallett in Arkansas, so people will remember what he can do with big quarterbacks. And that's the thing now, is to get a pocket-passing quarterback and and run with it. Because Teddy Bridgewater, oh my goodness gracious! That's if if you can get a pocket passing quarterback in Texas, they're going to do a fantastic job. Bobby Petrino, same thing in same thing in Louisville, and now Louisville is on the map. So Bobby Petrino himself will get them a higher preseason ranking than they should get, especially with losing their franchise player, their you know their best player. So if they win out, if they win 
11 games next year, they're, they could be in the playoffs, in, in the new BCS playoff scheme. Be just because Bobby Petrino is their head coach, they're going to get five or seven, in my opinion, five or seven uh, spot jump in the preseason rankings. It'll be interesting to see which coaches, which uh, players leave, uh, you know, as they recruited while they were at their prior university, as they recruited. Now, these guys who committed to these universities and colleges, they're able to leave now that the coaches are leaving. There's no commitment there as far as the coach is concerned. So this is the only opportunity, I believe so, is when the players are able to leave with no penalty, with no loss of years. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of guy from Louisville that uh, Strong believed in that could play at that level of, of Big 12 football or Texas football would be would be leaving with him heading to the University of Texas. Yeah. So, and what recruits he was getting from different places. He's able to recruit in certain places now. And definitely, again, like I said, Texas takes care of itself. But when you got a coach uh, that know that has a format for winning, a formula for winning, uh, that just forms well at all. I don't. I, I, again, I didn't think Mike Brown. You know, it was just his age thing was an issue. But you know, he's only had one losing season there. Yeah, I, I I do think that one of their selling points, especially now this year, is going to be: Do you want to be a part of the new Texas University? I mean, do you want to be a part of? the new dynasty that we're going to build. Because Mac Brown, I mean, you know that a voice goes on deaf ears after being around for so long, even if you filter guys out every three or four years. You know, I mean, it's, it, I mean, he was more just a part of the institution than actually the head, it, I don't know. And the boosters have so much to say over there. that. And there was one guy that came out, oh, okay, I wanted to ask you about this. Do you think that, that the, any of the questioning with him being hired has to do with race? With the boosters in Texas, and then being good old boys, and all this stuff that it—it's it, it's a new step, it's a new chapter in University of Texas football lore. Do you think the race had anything to do with it? And I mean, I—I I, I didn't know either way. Um, that's a good question. Race got something to do with a lot of things, right? But in, in this case, um, unfortunately or fortunately, it, it worked out for. For the new coach they have now, I, I don't understand the um, the that he got hired or he didn't get hired in certain certain jobs because of his wife was white or maybe because he was black. But if you if you would think that at any place, I can't see race having to do anything with it in Texas. I don't know if you know about Texas or been in Texas. I I can't see it having to do anything with his uh his color. Um, get any job in Texas. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, I, I I thought about it, and I was like, well, probably not, but it's just something interesting. to. It's just another storyline. I mean, it, it, that, that that's all. I mean, that's really all it will come down to, and that's why we're talking about it, because it's a storyline, not that it has, pulls any weight or not. Right, it is, but he, but he can coach, and it is. And, I'll, you know, I don't have the, the, the right answer or the full answer Right now, about what this race thing is at University of Texas, and them hiring hiring uh, this coach and this coach having a white wife, I don't I don't know yet. It play you know stuff like that takes care of stuff. It plays out, and we'll find out what the real motive was or why why this guy was hired. It it comes out somehow. Uh, you never know how things like that do, but it does. It comes out. But at the end of the day, you got to win football games in Texas. Right, Texas like they are you. Absolutely, uh, we do have to take a break. On the other side, we'll talk about Jameis Winston and how this civil suit uh, is um, is going to be a, is going to be upon us soon. The quote is that she that the attorney 
from the attorney that heads will roll. So we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame on the line. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back. Call me last in the sports talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Uh, Call me just dropped, so he'll he'll call back in a little bit. Now, we've talked head coaching moves throughout college football and the NFL. Charlie Strong, Jay Gruden, Bobby Petrino, etc. I want to move to something that I brought up, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, with Deborah. Jameis Winston, it's coming back. This stuff does not just leave. Jameis Winston allegedly sexually assaulted a woman uh, on December 7th, 2012. The woman's attorney was very unhappy about how Tallahassee Police Department went about the investigation. All charges were dropped, and it was a very precarious situation in Florida because, obviously, Jameis Winston wins the Heisman. He wins the national championship. If you ever want to bring somebody down with these allegations, I mean, if, if you're going for the whole kit and caboodle, this is the time to do it. Let's just put it that way. I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not saying that that's in their heads to do. However, this there, there's not a better time than now. Uh, unfortunately, this is this has been dragged on for a long time, and Patricia Carroll is the is the woman's attorney, and she was quoted as saying with an interview in an interview with uh, ABC News, "quote I want heads to roll," end quote. So she's out for civil blood, I guess, so to speak. 
The way the Tallahassee Police Department investigated this case was light to be nice. There was a detective on the case that came out and pretty much said that the alleged victim would be raked over the coals if she went went on with this case. So, obviously, and I stated before when that came out, that it seemed like football was more important than rape in the state of Florida. So, that was weeks back, actually a couple months back. And it was actually probably a month to the day back that I, that I said that. I'm... Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. You know, I, if if she's going to go after the Tallahassee Police Department and Jameis Winston and potentially the University of or the Florida State University, ooh, she better have her ammo. And I mean, I I definitely give kudos to Miss Carroll for doing this because a lot of times people would just roll over it and that's, and that's what happens in sexual assault cases, especially with those pertaining to celebrities or sports stars or, you know, anybody in television, radio and all, and, and all the like. So she probably, she must have a lot of evidence. She must have a very, very strong case in her opinion to go to go after a civil lawsuit against potentially all three of those people or three of those institutions. And Jameis Winston now is an institution. I'm sure Kwame would agree with that. Yikes. I wonder if he thought that it would just go away, Jameis Winston. I'm not sure. I mean, I he did what he was supposed to do, which is take his team to a national championship. That That's what he was supposed to do in the meantime, win the Heisman, do the interviews, all of those things. But these kind of things don't go, seemingly don't go away all the time. I applaud Miss Carroll. I just hope that she, I just hope that she's ready for, I mean, ridicule, hatred, death threats. I, I don't, I don't know how crazy, Fans are in in Florida, you know, but they're. I mean, I just don't know. And again, this is all hearsay. This is all opinionated and and projection. I'm just curious. This is going to be a pressing story for months and months to come. Seemingly, she saw that how her client was treated was not right. I'm saying with regards to the investigation, the Tallahassee police department and detectives and state attorney did not do their due diligence in her opinion to the full extent of the law, to the full extent of all of the information that was gathered. They didn't take her blood that was reported to test for, uh, date rate drug or, or drugs in any any facet. They just said that she was drunk and that was it. It's it's what it, it's what it seemed like they were saying. I'm not I'm not quoting that. But none of us know what's gonna happen. I, I do believe that there is there's there's some fire that's that's about to be started. Ooh, 
it's chilling. It's chilling to see. I hope I never have to say, oh, how the mighty has fallen with regards to this. Um, but somebody's going to lose in this. And it's either the alleged victim or probably one of the most popular people in the United States with regards to sports right now. So this is – it's going to be – it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in the upcoming uh, weeks, months for, for one of those two sides or both. I mean I'm sure it will be tough for both at, at, at a certain point. Yikes. I want to move to the NBA. I know there's no easy segue, but I do want to move to the NBA. Kevin Love, who came in as a sweetheart from UCLA to the Minnesota Timberwolves, wowed everybody from the first second that he stepped on the court. Charles Barkley-esque. His numbers through the roof. Amazing three-point accuracy for his size and his skill set. Shoots fantastically from the line. Doesn't play defense, but, I mean, that that's overlooked. He ripped his teammates on the Minnesota Timberwolves after uh, Gerald Green hit, hit a jumper with 3.9 seconds left last night to give the Suns the win. Quote, we can't have two guys sitting at the end of the bench that play good minutes just sitting there and not getting up during timeouts. We all need to be in this together. That kind of ticks me off. We're supposed to be a team, end quote. Man, you should tell Kobe that. Yeah, that's, that's a conversation for another day. Is this going to spell the end of Kevin Love in Minnesota is, is the next question. I think he's a free agent after next season. Is he becoming too big for Minnesota? They're underachievers. They're 17 and 18. With, with the talent that they have on that team, Ricky Rubio Point, who's had a down year this year so far, Kevin Love, Nikola Pekovic, who's becoming one of the better centers in the NBA, double-double machine, plays okay defense for his size. He's, a, he's a, an above-average rebounder, but a lot of that has to do with just how big he is. Kevin Love is by far a better rebounder than Nikola Pekovic, and they have like six inches in size difference. Kevin Martin was a great acquisition, they thought, from Oklahoma City. He doesn't play defense. All he does is shoot the ball. So I thought that they had great pieces. Rick Adelman's a great coach. You know, and the NBA is, there's so much parity, I guess. I hate using that word more than I should. But the, the good teams are so much better or the bad teams are so much worse than the good teams are good. If that makes sense. The dispersion of talent is awful in the, in the NBA. With Minnesota, however, they should be so much better. They should be so, so much better than they are. And Kevin Love can smell that. Ever since Kevin Garnett left... They've been in the depths of hell in Minnesota. I mean, they weren't. They ran into the Lakers. Yes, I understand that when they had Sam Cassell, Latrell Spearwell, the years back, late nineties. You run into the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. I understand that it's a buzzsaw. I mean, I get it. But he's looking for a move. And I mean, I, I, as a Laker fan, I hope he comes to LA. But who knows what's going to happen? He can't be the number one option on offense. And have your team win. He just can't be. 
you need to have somebody else to rely on and have him be I mean he would be he could be the MVP as a number 2 option. I know that sounds weird to say. But you can't force him to score 30 points, get 15 rebounds, dish out six assists every night. You can't. You just can't. And that's what they're trying to do in Minnesota. So obviously He's upset that he's losing. Obviously, these guys that come out, top five picks, have never lost in their entire career. They usually go to good colleges. They score 80 points and get 50 rebounds in high school. They go to good colleges. I mean, UCLA wasn't a championship team when he was there, but he was at UCLA. He was in the spotlight. And then he goes to Minnesota, and it's just kind of, eh. The honeymoon period is probably was probably over at the beginning of last year, and now he's just getting pissed. He gives his oh, hate, blood, sweat, and tears every day, every game, every practice on the offensive end. I mean, granted, defense, he's um, he's lacking because he's an undersized power forward, so obviously he's going to give up something. I just don't know what the future will hold. I don't know if Minnesota should trade him, which they won't. But I don't know what they're going to do to allow him to stay there, to make him stay there. Who wants to go to Minnesota? No offense to the Minnesotians out there. But who wants to go to Minnesota? It, it doesn't. I mean, you see how cold it is? Negative 250 degrees? I mean, who wants to go there? Somebody better, or he's. He will not be a Timberwolf much longer. And that will be... They, they may as well default and just go, go play college, college basketball at that point. Break time. Last break. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back. Talk a little bit more NBA. And, uh, yeah, I want to talk some NBA. That's what we're going to talk. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. This is the final segment. Alex Clancy in studio. NBA. Yes, finally. Uh, With the NFL season winding down, it's time to get in full force with the NBA. Uh, I've never thought I'd say this before, but the NBA season is too long. You know, I used to love this. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to write down when all the games were. I used to watch them. Uh, but 82, ga- 82 games is a month. It is ridiculous. It's out of control. But either way, Indiana, Miami, 15 wins, 15 losses combined in the Eastern Conference. Atlanta, the third place team, 17 losses. The third place team in the Eastern Conference would be out of the playoffs. In the Western Conference, the third place team, third. Usually, you get the six, seven, eight, six, seven, eight seed would be out of the playoffs in the Western Conference if they played there. But this is ridiculous. Put it this way: the Lakers at fourteen and twenty-two would be one game out of the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> oh God! Luol Deng, Chicago Bulls gets traded to Cleveland for Andrew Bynum and three future draft picks. I believe two are conditional second rounds and one's a first round that is uh, that is lottery protected, I do believe. And then Chicago uh, waves Andrew Bynum right away in an effort to save, I believe, upwards of $20 million on the salary cap, or, or, or $12 million on the salary cap for Chicago. So they're starting over, which I, I don't understand this. I do not understand this. If you believe in Derrick Rose and you believe that he's going to come back better than he did before, you keep the nucleus. You keep the third longest tenured bull in team history behind Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. I think Jordan was 12 years, Pippen was 11, and Luol Deng is 10. You just get rid of him? He's been trade bait for the past five years. They were talking about trading Kobe to the Bulls for Luol Deng and, and a couple other players years ago. I don't understand why. I mean, I, I understand that he's hurt at times. So is everybody. I just don't know why you give away the second or tied for second most important player on the team with uh, Joe Kim Noah. You're just going to go young, I guess. These draft picks aren't great. You're going to get middle round, second round draft picks? It, it, it makes zero sense to me. Completely starting over, they're talking about amnestying Carlos Boozer. I think he's owed 14 or $17 million next year. So amnesty, provision allows that money to not go against the salary cap for the Bulls so you can open up room to bring somebody else in. I don't know if Chicago's best times are behind them. I mean, they have been recently since the Jordan era. I don't know how good Derrick Rose is going to be when he comes back. I don't know if this is a you're welcome to Luol Dang because the next few years for the Bulls are going to be atrocious. I don't know. What I do know is that Cleveland got a fantastic deal out of this. They got rid of that contract. 
It was one year for $12 million for Andrew Bynum with a team option for a second year. So it was a two-year $24 million deal, second year $12 million team option so they could release him if they want to. They traded him. If they traded him before January 7th, which they did, the Bulls would only have to pay him 6.2 of the $12 million, and th- that's all that was guaranteed. So they did all of that. Chicago saved money on their cap. Cleveland got a great swing man, got a great, got a great uh, small forward. I just, I mean, I don't know if this is going to, this isn't going to make either team relevant. I don't believe. I mean, Cleveland's 12 and 23, so I'm not really sure what, what they're thinking out of this. Maybe they're going to be in the LeBron sweepstakes next year, but Lou Deng takes up most of the money that they were going to allow to pay, that they would have to pay, uh, LeBron James. So I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Chicago, as I previously mentioned, released or waived Andrew Bynum. So there are eight teams reportedly that are looking to sign him. And if I were Miami, be like, how much money do you want? And it came out, Miami, this is how bad the Eastern Conference is. It came out that Miami's like, oh, well, you know, he can guard Roy Hibbert, right? They're overlooking the entire rest of the Eastern Conference, as they should, Again, combined losses by Indiana and Miami are two less than the total of the Atlanta Atlanta um, franchise's losses at 17. So if, if Miami signs Andrew Bynum, oh boy. If that doesn't gear him up to want to play football, to want to play football, to want to play basketball again, Atlanta Hawks, I couldn't think of that. What the hell's wrong with me? If that doesn't gear Andrew Bynum up to want to play basketball again, to maybe be handed a potential championship just by guarding another seven-footer on the team that's closest to them, talent-wise, even though I don't think they are. I think that Indiana just matches up the best against them. Go sign there. Go sign there for 10 bucks. You can live in Miami. You can play with, arguably, as of now, a top-10 player in the NBA all-time. And he'll probably he'll move up the longer he's in the league. Don't worry. Go. I don't know why that wouldn't just be release every wave everybody, get in the luxury tax, and win another championship. I think Andrew Bynum, regardless of how da- how damaged good he is, he will help your team. Just put him in the middle. It doesn't matter if he doesn't run up and down the court as fast as everybody wants him to, because he never has. He has a solid low post game. He can block shots. He doesn't shoot awfully from the line. Put him out there for 20 minutes a game. Just rattle the cage of Roy Hibbert. Because obviously they didn't want Joel Anthony to do that last year. Otherwise, it would, it would have been an easier road to the finals for the, for the Heat. Greg Oden hasn't played. So that was a bust. Again, unfortunately. Just sign him. They have a mid-level exception in Miami. I just remembered. Sign him for five mil or six mil, whatever the mid-level exception is now, for the rest of the year, and put a jersey on him and send him out there. I don't know why this hasn't happened yet. Because they don't have an answer for Roy Hibbert right now, the Miami Heat. They just don't. They don't have anybody that's tall. That, that, that's that tall. It's it's kind of double-edged because Chris Bosh cannot be guarded by Roy Hibbert, so Chris Bosh will shoot his 18-footers. Roy Hibbert will terrorize the lane and terrorize the, the paint. I'd rather have somebody that is taking shots from three feet that can't be guarded as opposed to taking 18-foot shots that can't be guarded. 
I'd rather have that if, if, if I were head coach and Frank Vogel has that. Sign Andrew Bynum. Now, Miami. Sign him now. That's almost not fair. Like, if he, if Andrew Bynum's just been playing a, a J.R. Smith trick on everybody where it's like, eh, I don't really care anymore. I've made my money. I'm ready to move on. And then he just revitalizes his career in, in Miami. LeBron James, Chris Bosch, D. Wade, and Andrew Bynum? Are you kidding me? It's worth a chance. If Cleveland took a chance on him, why not Miami? Why not take a chance? Move the money around. Pay a couple extra bucks on, in luxury tax to make it happen. Release somebody. You have a bunch of guys that don't play on that bench. Be like, hey, Greg Oden, you know, we, we gave you a little money. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry this didn't work out, but we'll give you a ring if we win. It's easy as that. It seems like it's as easy as that, but who the hell knows? Who knows what's going on in Miami, but if, if, if that were me, if I were Pat Riley, I would have signed him two days ago. Um, we got to go. Uh, 30 seconds. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me at Clancy's Corner, C-L-A-N-C-Y-S-C-O-R-N-E-R on Twitter. Follow Kwame at Kwame Lassiter. Check out the fan page. Download, subscribe to our podcast. Just search Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk on iTunes. It's the easiest way to listen to it if you miss the show. The Voice America radio app streams beautifully, so uh, check it out. I will see you tomorrow. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.